Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's Your Point, the podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today I have a very special guest with me. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Lance Videos. Um, I was a part of the Republican Hype House that had 1.2 million followers on TikTok until it got banned. It's completely permanently wiped from the internet now, so nobody can even see it. And uh, some people would refer to me as the original political TikToker. And I was unfortunately banned from TikTok 11 times, so I don't have my account anymore. But you can find me on at Lance Videos on Instagram. Thank you so much, Lance, for being here. Today, we're going to be going over the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, We've stayed up every day for the past week. We've woken up at like 9 a.m. every day to uh, watch the trial and watch everything go down. And let's just say this entire case has been a complete mess. These people... Uh, As soon as you watch the video, as soon as you watch all the videos, it's quite clear and obvious that it's a self-defense case. And it shouldn't have even went to trial. Everybody knows this was self-defense. Kyle was hit in the head with a skateboard, okay? If you've ever handled a skateboard, they have metal trucks, very strong wheels, and they're basically unbreakable unless you put your full 200-pound body in the center of the board and break it. So yeah, he was hit in the back of the head with a skateboard while also being chased by a group of protesters who were attacking him the entire time. Um, That one guy, Gage, had a gun and then... Rosenbaum had called him him the N-word multiple times and said that he was going to, quote, kill him. So... I just think it's funny that the media has not brought up once that Rosenbaum was repeatedly shouting the N-word because normally that's a huge deal when white people are screaming that word. But for some reason, nobody's, nobody's saying anything about the fact that Rosenbaum was repeatedly saying it. And uh, he was also a part of the BLM movement and he was the one saying the N-word, which is very ironic because they're trying to call Kyle a white supremacist with no proof, with no proof. This guy was 17 years old when this went down. He was tried as an adult. Rosenbaum was like 36 years old, too. Yeah, he's an old-ass guy. He was probably like, what, I heard he's like 5'2", short guy, short little guy. And then the prosecution's like, he's not a threat. Oh, yeah, he only threatened to kill Kyle. He's not a threat, okay? And then Anthony Hero was the other one. I always forget him. I don't know why, but he was the other one that actually died. So it was Anthony Huber, Joseph Rosenbaum, who died, and then Gage whatever who got shot in the arm and actually testified at the trial. And his testimony is a complete joke. I mean, when he's getting cross-examined by the defense attorney, he embarrasses himself multiple times because he gets caught up in what he's saying. The prosecution literally face bombs the, the nerd. The, the first prosecutioner, I forgot what his name was. He has glasses on, a receding hairline. He's, he's a total nerd. They're just simping for the state. They want Kyle to go to jail for the rest of his life over a self-defense case. This guy's a total nerd. When you look at him, he facepalms, and you're like, oh, crap. He must have said something so detrimental to the case against Kyle that he had to facepalm. He was like, oh, my gosh, you just ruined our case. Yeah, if you make the prosecution facepalm, you're pretty much screwed. And let's talk about the other guy. I think his name is uh, David Krause or something like that. He's probably 400 pounds, no joke. Um, this guy is a total chud. He doesn't know what he's talking about. These guys are total chads and the uh, prosecution are total nerds. When you look at it, it's like, who's going to win here? Um, maybe the guys who look great are actually proving uh, the the prosecution wrong? Or is it the prosecution who constantly stumbles on their own words 
and they don't know what they're talking about. And the jury obviously saw this and proved that Kyle was not guilty on all charges. So along with the way the prosecution and the defense looks, like Lance just said, the defense offered a lot of actual proof to back up their statements and a lot of examples and receipts, whatever you want to call it, stuff that actually proved that Kyle was innocent and that this was a self-defense case. And so, you know, the first day they made their opening arguments on both sides and then they brought in all the witnesses. I think they tried to bring in jump kick guy at one point, but he denied. He denied because he had a criminal past. He was a horrible person. He was a criminal. And when you look at it, it's like, the guy obviously made the right choice because if he went to that case, he would have been tr- uh, prosecuted for something else. The guy literally jump kicked him. You know who else had a horrible past? Literally the people that Kyle Rittenhouse Every killed. single one of them. There was a pedophile. There was a uh, you know domestic abuser and a criminal. Every single person. You shoot into a crowd of, of what? A thousand um, BLM uh, supporters and you hit a, a pedophile, a child abuser, a domestic abuser and a criminal. It really, really um, puts it into perspective here. And uh, on a little bit of a tangent, but when you look at this new case that just popped up, literally today or last night, this BLM person ran through a crowd in Wisconsin, the same state that this whole trial happened happened in. This guy ran through, injured 40 people and killed five and he was a BLM person, and guess what? He was also a pedophile. When you look at it, it's like most of the people who are getting tried or doing bad crap with BLM, they're all like pedophiles and and rapists and child abusers and domestic abusers. They beat their wives. They're horrible people. And it's like almost every single time we're proven right. Why are these people getting defended by the left? The left's like, these people are heroes. They're great. The last time I checked, the the left likes to say America has a rape culture. It's horrible. It's bad. We need to throw these people in jail. We need to execute them with the with, with public execution. We need to do something like that. That's what the left says all the time. They hate these rapists. They never get tried. Oh my gosh. They always they, they always get away scot free. But when a, a hero like Kyle Rittenhouse shoots a pedophile, they say, "Oh my gosh, the rapist and the pedophile. They were heroes." It makes no sense. It's total illogical. It's disgusting. They did it with them. They did it with George Floyd. I mean, you can go on Twitter and see thousands of celebrities just sitting here and supporting these, claiming that they're heroes, claiming that they're victims. I remember when everybody was mad because the judge said that they weren't allowed to call the quote unquote victims actual victims. And I got in a few Twitter arguments with people because they were so upset about that. And then let's talk about the fact that They're claiming that this is a white supremacy issue. Joe Biden said it. All the celebrities are saying it. It's all over Twitter. They're just saying that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. What white supremacist has killed white people? And I'm pretty sure Kyle is not fully white um, when you look at it. Kyle is a 18-year-old kid who is on TikTok. His username was Four Doors More Whores. Hilarious. Hilarious. I would not be surprised if he followed me back then or the Republican Hype House or Tristan, Red Boy Hickabilly, my friend, or any of the people that I'm friends with. He was a conservative. He was on TikTok. He was obviously following conservative TikToks. He's an epic kid, total American hero. We should have statues in his name. We should have statues in Washington, D.C., Dallas, 
Kenosha, of course. We need to have some in Madison, Wisconsin, the capital of Wisconsin. We need to have some in in, um, in Milwaukee, Chicago, everywhere. This kid is a total American hero for killing a pedophile, a rapist, a domestic abuser, and a criminal. Why aren't we praising this kid? The left is is all about oh my gosh, we hate these bad people that are disgusting. We need to throw them in jail. When the bad people actually get bad things happen to them, they're like, oh, let's go. I, I, they're American heroes. I love them for, for trying to kill Kyle. It doesn't make any sense. Kyle was literally out there to help people. You saw him. He was wiping off graffiti off of Antifa and BLM graffiti off the walls. Kyle was a lifeguard. This guy knew what he was doing. You have to be CPR certified, defibrillation certified. You have to be able to swim a long distance. You have to be able to hold a brick above the water for two minutes while treading with no hands, okay? You have to learn so much to be a lifeguard. This guy was out there helping people, obviously. And what he said and what the, the video proves, he was out there mostly helping the BLM people. Because they were getting hurt. They were getting, um, like, you know, not attacked, but they were getting hurt because they were blowing crap up and they were trying to steal. They were getting hurt. So Kyle was helping them out. And the left is like, oh my gosh, Kyle's a white supremacist. There's no proof to that. There's not one sliver of proof. In fact, he shot three white people. How is he a white supremacist? He shot three white people. And I bet you the leftists on TikTok are going to take this out of context. He shot three white people, but he's not a white No, obviously he is. He is not a white supremacist. Okay. Everybody knows this. So the six charges that Kyle Rittenhouse originally got charged with were first degree of reckless homicide, first degree of recklessly endangering safety, first degree intentional homicide, attempted first degree of intentional homicide, first degree of recklessly endangering safety again, and then the possession of dangerous weapon, which halfway through the trial, the judge initially dropped because there wasn't enough evidence to sustain that charge. And I want to add to that because since they dropped that sixth charge, that was kind of like a foreshadowing moment for the rest of the trial, considering if the judge thought that he wasn't even in possession of a dangerous weapon in the first place, obviously the judge and a lot of us other people already knew that they weren't going to charge him for the rest of these crimes, considering if he wasn't there with a dangerous weapon, then obviously he wasn't there to kill anybody either. He simply went to this rally expecting to help out people that were hurt. He only brought an AR to protect himself. Because he knew how rowdy these rallies get. Everyone's seen this. They've burned down targets. They've stolen shoes from shoe stores. They've, they've tore down statues. They've killed people in the streets in Dallas. In Dallas, Texas. I saw the video. In fact, I was supposed to be there. The person who recorded the clip of the guy dying in Dallas. His name is Elijah Schaefer, slightly offensive. He invited me to go out there and help him film. And I was super ready. I was pumped up. And my mom was like, no, you shouldn't go out there. I don't want you to go out there. So I couldn't go out there. But I was supposed to be there with Elijah when this guy was brutally murdered on the street in Dallas, okay? People know how these rallies get. They're disgusting. So he only brought an AR for his own safety. Yeah, and we've seen the BLM rallies here before, especially in Dallas. I went to one in 2020 and it was right after George Floyd got killed or whatever. And we went downtown and it was about like five minutes into the entire rally that there were 
like smoke bombs going off and tear gas and all of that. I'm pretty sure there was a few gunshots. I don't know. But it was just a crazy hectic scene. And then after dark, that's when shit gets insane, to be honest. Some of the people at the protest may have good intentions and I don't know, may just want to protest against BLM, whatever. But after dark, that's when people who just have like really bad anger issues just want to go looting and robbing and destroying a bunch of stuff come out. And that's exactly what happened to Dallas. George Floyd had nothing to do with Dallas. Dallas had nothing to do with anything. But yet these people wanted to come out and destroy these businesses. I know the video Lance is talking about. This business owner got beat to death. And he, I mean, in the video, it's just so graphic. He was literally, literally murdered. This guy was, his head was busted open. There was 10 people around him. It was disgustingly horrible. And Elijah went on, on Tucker for this. It was disgusting. Yeah, so either way, this business owner got brutally murdered for no reason. There was a group of 10 people surrounding him, just like beating him to death. I, you don't want to see the video. It's very graphic. It literally makes my stomach turn. So the trial ends up lasting about a week or two. And it was only a few days ago that we watched the closing statements that happened on like Monday or Tuesday. And after that, they sent the jury off to deliberate. And we thought it was only going to be like a day or two, but they ended up taking like, what was it three or four days? The deliberation lasted about three days. And we were up every single day at 9 a.m. trying to watch this thing. We live in Central Time, same thing as Kenosha, Central Time. And we were up, we were we were like excited, and then bam, oh, it's delayed again. And we're all like, oh, come on, we want it, we want it. We're like so hyped. We're like, we want to see what happens. So we sit there for three days straight watching the entire trial throughout the entire day. We're driving in the car, it's playing on the radio. We're driving anywhere. It's always playing. Anywhere we went, we had it on our phone, basically. She she was getting her eyelashes done at the salon, and we had it playing on the phone, okay? We were watching this deliberately. We were trying to to figure out what was going to happen, but we all knew in our hearts that it was was not going to end up badly for Kyle Rittenhouse. Total Chad, this guy was obviously going to get off scot-free because it's an obvious case. Yeah, so during these three days of deliberation, there was a lot of stuff that went down that started coming out. And one of the things that happened, like, the first or second day was that the prosecution was exposed for not showing the correct video to the jury. During the trial, like, the judge already had a problem with the prosecution, and some of the clips would actually come onto the live stream occasionally when all of this was going down. And the judge would, like, go off on the prosecution. The judge was never a fan of the prosecution. But it was exposed that the prosecution had an HD-quality video showing Kyle Rittenhouse running away from, I believe it was Joseph Rosenbaum at the time. And the HD video was never shown to the jury. It was just this low-quality, blurry, fuzzy video. So the prosecution wouldn't be able to see who was who. That literally made it possible for the prosecution to manipulate whatever they said in order for the jury to see whatever he was basically saying. And the reason that the quality was like messed up was because they transferred the HD video from iPhone to an Android and that made the quality lower. You know, if you send videos from iPhones to Androids or vice versa, it always changes up the quality. And that was the excuse for what they did. But the prosecution essentially hid evidence and showed the jury the low quality video 
so that the jury was not able to see what actually happened. On the second day of deliberation, apparently there was an MSNBC reporter who allegedly found where the juries were staying and was following them in his car. And when the jury got onto their bus that they used to travel from wherever they were staying to the courthouse, the MSNBC reporter got in a vehicle and was following them and got caught. And then instantly MSNBC was kicked off the case. They weren't allowed to film at the courthouse anymore. They weren't allowed to be involved in any way. So it was a huge L for the prosecution as well. Doesn't look good. So Friday rolls around and because we had been waking up early every day, we ended up sleeping in and it was like 1215 and my dad FaceTimes me and I didn't hear it. I just heard my phone going off and he texts me and he's like, they've decided. So I turn the TV on as fast as possible. I try to wake Lance up and then all of a sudden my dad texts me. He says, not guilty on all charges. So then I go onto the live stream on YouTube and then I have to like rewind it and go watch it because I wanted to see his reaction. Like, to be honest, like that's it was a really heartfelt moment. He literally Kyle falls to the ground after they list off the fifth not guilty charge and he just starts bawling his eyes out. And I, I teared up, to be completely honest with you. It made my heart warm. It made me so happy that he's finally free. Same. And the best part right after that. He walks up to his defense and he gives him a huge hug. And it was so good. It's like, yes, we finally won. We beat the libtards. We won. Totally exonerated. Totally free, man. On Monday, like a total Chad, this guy goes on Tucker Carlson. The man is completely normal, completely regular. If I was sitting next to Tucker Carlson, I'd be freaking out, man. My heart would be pumping a billion times, like miles per hour. Tucker's epic. I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Tucker Carlson on his show. But Kyle did it completely epically. He was super calm. He was, he was very good at answering all of his questions. It was great. Yeah. And I do want to point out, so since that interview has aired, a lot of conservatives actually have been giving Kyle some crap. And I don't know why. All Kyle said was that he supported the BLM movement. He just didn't support rioting and looters and people setting stuff on fire and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, in my personal opinion, if I just had to go through everything Kyle went through and then I sat down on national television to talk to Tucker Carlson about the event that just laid out, I would sit there and say, you know, I support the BLM movement too. I just don't support people destroying the cities. I would say that because... I don't want a bunch of people coming for my neck right after I just got released from everything. I kind of disagree. He should have said he does not like the BLM movement, but I'm going to give him a pass on this because he is an American hero. Um, but he had to say this because probably his mom or his dad or, or some other authority figure in his life told him to say this. So he could get off the hook. If 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 I was in the situation, my mom would be like, please say you love BLM, please, Lance, please. And I mean, that's how moms and dads or authority figures, they don't want you to be in any danger. But obviously he already is because BLM already hates him. As much as he says he loves BLM, they're still going to hate him. But that that's why I, I disagree with him saying that. But I'm not going to hate the guy. He's a total American chad. Yeah, but I don't agree with the fact that a bunch of conservatives on social media are giving him crap for saying it. They're like, oh, I waited weeks to support this guy and this is what we get, blah, blah, blah. Just seeing a bunch of hurtful stuff that doesn't need to be said. 
Rewinding a little bit, talking about how a bunch of celebrities are bashing Kyle Rittenhouse, Joe Biden also bashed Kyle on like live television as well. He literally, Joe Biden himself called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist. And on it's his like Twitter. Yes. Public Twitter. How are you going to do that in front of millions of people as the president of the United States? Bash a 17-year-old child who has just been put through one of the most traumatic experiences ever just for millions of people to see. The kid has PTSD. He does. He goes to therapy like every week. He does. He has PTSD. He just killed two people. Okay. I would probably have a little bit of PTSD, but if I went through that and I killed a rapist and um, a child abuser, I'd be kind of like, okay, yeah, I did some good in the world. But Biden, President Biden, President Biden, okay, the president of the United States um, literally said that, that Kyle was a white supremacist. You know what he should do? He should sue the ever-living beep out of him, okay? And I added my own beep because she's probably going to have to edit that out or something. But Literally, every single person, every single media outlet, every single everything that ever called Kyle a white supremacist or something horrible um, that was not true, Kyle should sue them. And the Nick Sandman case with the Covington kids. So I know a Covington kid, and he and I go way back. So this kid was a Viner, okay? I met him. We played some video games together. And he turns out to be a really cool guy, and I've known him for a while at the time. And then the whole Nick Sandman thing happened, and like a month later, I posted about the Covington Catholic kids, and he was like, I'm a Covington Catholic kid. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I was like 15 feet away from Nick Sandman when the whole thing went down. And I'm like, really? It's crazy. I know him. He's a great guy. Not, not Nick Sandman, but another guy. I can't name him because I don't know if he wants to be named. But the thing is, the Covington Catholic case, the Nick Sandman case, when he sued all CNN and all those other companies, and he's a, he's a multimillionaire now, okay? This is going to look like child's play. This is going to look like, like something that's so down to earth compared to what's going to happen with Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be a millionaire after he's done with these disgusting leftist companies. So Kyle Rittenhouse now has the same defense attorney that Nick Sandman had when he was filing all these lawsuits. So I'm very interested to see how many people he's going to sue, like Joe Biden, because you can sue the president of the United States for defamation. Um, he's also going to probably sue LeBron James, which is very needed. LeBron James constantly steps out of boundaries and inserts himself into stuff that has nothing to do with him, similar to the BLM movement, who inserted themselves into this when they had nothing to do with it. And on top of that, I want to mention the fact that a few days ago, we ended up going to one of their protests that they held downtown. It was very pathetic. We were scrolling on Twitter and we saw that the day after Kyle Rittenhouse got not guilty, um, the Dallas Alliance of of whatever, decided to host a quote-unquote peaceful protest at the Dallas City Hall. So we decided to go down there, and we thought it was going to be big because I've seen I've seen protests in Dallas before, and they get pretty, pretty intense. But this one was pathetic. Honestly, if any of you are listening to this, that was pathetic. So there was about 30 people there, and they had like these random guest speakers, I guess the leaders of the Dallas Alliance group and whatnot, and they... We're standing there talking about how, you know, 
Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist and BLM needs to be more powerful and this and that. And we were standing on the other side of the street just talking back to them, essentially, because we knew we weren't going to be able to cross the street and actually go stand over there because there was a bunch of cops on the other side of the street that were standing near the protesters. And we originally had a different encounter with them. It happened to be the same cops that kicked us out of the women's march that happened in Dallas. I have an episode over that if you want to go listen to it. That was a whole shit show in itself. So we knew they weren't going to let us across the street. Plus, as soon as we walked around the corner, one of the cops actually recognized us and gave us kind of like a head nod. He's probably chill. He's just doing his job. You know, he doesn't want to cause problems. We don't want to cause problems. BLM, I can't speak for them. They always want to cause problems. But it was very pathetic. They were standing there flipping us off the whole time. Anytime we'd pose to take pictures, they were just flipping us off in the back. But as soon as these guest speakers started talking, Blake and Lance were standing there and essentially finishing her sentence. She was like, Kyle Rittenhouse. And then they'd say was American hero. And then she started complaining about America. And we were just saying America's pretty epic. But overall, that didn't last long because while we were standing there, this guy came up to us. And I'm going to let Lance explain that story. This guy came up to us. He was adjacent to the right of us. He was across the street. He crossed the busy street, came up to me, looked at me, okay? And then he went to my friend Blake. And Blake is 6'2", 6'3". He's a huge guy. He's ripped. He's tall. And this guy that came over across the street, he was a black male. He had a red hat, a white shirt, I believe. We have a video of it. You can probably go look at it at the KGB Show YouTube account on our new video Kyle Rittenhouse is a free man, feet, red boy, hickabilly. This guy walked up to us, walked up to me, looked at me in my Spider-Man costume, because I was in a Spider-Man costume, because why not? It was funny. I was wearing a MAGA hat as well. And he walked up to me, looked at me, didn't really do anything, walked up to Blake, who was massive, huge. And then he proceeded to yell at Blake, and he's like, why, why are you here? Why, why are you here, man? Why are you here? And then Blake was like, Kyle Rittenhouse is an American hero. I mean, I'm, I'm out here to, to support Kyle Rittenhouse because these people across the street are crazy. And this guy was going up on Blake, pushing him to the back. Blake's huge. And Blake um, usually does not take this kind of stuff. But since there was three cops, three or four cops around, all undercover, he was just like, okay, I'm not going to start anything. Well, Blake didn't really start anything. He was just yelling, and so was I. And... Um, the cop ran across the street, lightning speed, came up to the, to the guy and then pushed him back, pushed him back, pushed him back. And then he proceeded to lift up a shirt, show that he was carrying and on his belt was the, the police badge and showed that showed to the guy that he was carrying a gun and he pushed him back. And the black guy was like, I ain't touch you, man. I didn't touch you. I didn't touch you at all. I didn't touch you. And he's like, what? And then and the black guy continued to say, I didn't start shit. I didn't start shit. This guy walked across the street and then proceeded to yell at us. And and he wasn't even a part of the protest. I just want to add that. This man literally came out of nowhere. He wasn't standing over there with the BLM people saying anything. He literally just came out of the blue and then just started yelling at everybody. And then after the cops came up, they pushed him back. They told us to walk to the side. And then we were talking to one of the other undercover cops. And then finally, they all come over because they get the guy to, quote unquote, calm down, I guess. He just ends up walking away. And then they tell us, you know, like, don't provoke them like we're not. 
this guy comes back in a car. I guess he had some of his friends pick him up. His they- mommy. His mommy picked him up, and he was sitting in the back seat of the car. And then he told my two friends, Caden and Gabe, who are colored, you are fake, quote, N-words. You guys are horrible human beings. So overall, I'm very happy that Kyle Rittenhouse gets to go home. He's a free man. He gets to spend Thanksgiving with his family. And I honestly think that's what he deserves. And I'm glad this is all over. Of course, all the leftists and the BLM are still going to complain about it, even though they have new problems to worry about, just like the fact that this black guy ran over a bunch of people at a Christmas parade. We can talk about that next week. Because I will have a lot to say in general about the BLM movement. That'll be a whole episode. I want to thank Lance for coming on here. I want to thank Lance for taking 20 minutes out of his day to so gracefully help his girlfriend record a podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I have a really busy day. I wake up, put my face mask on. I do 1,000 crunches, the 1,000 push-ups. And then I go to work. And then I come home. And then I do a thousand more. And of of course, I'm obviously the most Chad ripped guy alive. I'm super handsome. My hair is perfect and everyone knows it. And I actually base my entire day off of the guy named Patrick Bateman. Thank you, Kaylee, for having me on. So I will see you guys next week. I guess I already gave you a hint as to what next week's episode is over. But thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to find Lance, you can go look him up at Lance Videos on anything. Um, and make sure you're following the What's Your Point podcast Instagram account at What's Your Point Pod. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to give this video a thumbs up and make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you get notified every single time I post. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week.